It's the Married with Channels podcast, a podcast with a married couple talking TV shows and movies. Yeah. Mostly TV shows, but we throw in some movies. Yeah. And, and what? And you are. Oh, I'm Moose. And I'm Jody. Yeah, we're married. Been married since uh, 2007. <laughs> you got it right. Yeah. Okay, let's kiss. Oh, we love each other. We have two uh, kids. And we love watching TV shows. We're stuck at home a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's great. So we watch TV and movies, and then we talk about them. Man, discuss uh, them. Let's start with a movie that yeah. I was excited to watch. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Top Gun Maverick. The 80s. Reminds yeah. me of the 80s. 30 years after the original Top Gun movie came out. That was yeah. 1986. I was 10. Yeah. But anyway, just, you know, if I had to, you know, movies of my youth, mm -hmm. uh, Top Gun is probably in the top three. Wow. Okay. Just because there's so many things that I connected with, mm -hmm. you know, grew up in the Navy, being around those fighter jets growing up, uh, the culture, even like the sweat and the heat. And I could smell those jets. When the they were fuel. on screen. And, and it was a great story, and it was a great, very well done. Sure. There isn't much about the original Top Gun that I have issue with. Top Gun Maverick, on the other hand, <laughs> just a big stinker, in yeah. my opinion. It was such a letdown, especially considering, like, I, I, I remember seeing the trailer when it first came out. This is pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, it, they, it was supposed to come out, I want to say, in the summer of 2019, or 2020, but, and I remember that first trailer, I'm like, oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it, and it was it, it was a shot, I believe, of him going, like, mock whatever over low-flying desert floor. Mm hmm And then there was, like, shots of snowy snow in the back. I'm like, okay, we're, we're doing something different here. That's cool. Mm hmm Evolution. But we watched Maverick uh, the, uh, this past weekend, and it was such a letdown. Sure. Such a huge letdown. There wasn't much about this movie I liked. Yep. I'll get to the stuff I liked. I kind of want your general take on Top Gun Maverick, Jody. Yeah, it just felt like it was kind of cheesy. It had moments where I liked it, just small little moments. But um, yeah, I don't know. See, and just, I don't even mind the cheese because there's a lot of cheese in the first one. Yeah. That's kind of part of it. It's supposed to be kind of this me, like... But to me, this was more cheese than the first one. Like, I don't know. There's a couple scenes like, you know, the bar scene. Like, that was so just hokey and like, I don't know, just so cheesy. Like, and, it, in, in reality, you couldn't have a bell where somebody disrespects a woman. You, you ring the bell and they pay for everybody's tab. You would have no customers. That would bell be going off every 10 minutes. <laughs> In a bar with sailors. I mean, I'm just being honest here. I grew up in that world. I know this world. So oh, great. Well, maybe like, that world needs to change. It, maybe it does, but not in this movie. Yeah, like, just, okay. That's not even my biggest issue with it. That wasn't my problem with it either, the bar scene. It was more like when they were playing pool and just some of the dialogue and the acting there. The and acting then, was so hokey. Yeah, and then like when he was playing the piano and... Tom Cruise is like creepily staring at him out the window through the window. Like yeah. that scene was kind of just really cheesy. And I get it. It's a nod to Goose and his playing great balls of fire at the piano, you know, but I don't know. It just, 
it, it just wasn't done well, I guess. It I think there's felt, a way to do that where it's not hokey, cheesy. It started off kind of hokey. Yeah. It started off on the deck of a carrier. The Top Gun anthem, which you just heard, starts much like the first Top Gun movie. Mm-mm. And then, uh, you know, they launch a, a fighter jet mm-hmm. and they kick into Kenny Loggins' danger zone. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then it cuts to him in the hangar working on a plane, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. And I'm like, what What was the point of the carrier scene? It was just blatant. Hey, remember this scene from the first movie? Yeah. It didn't do Like the first movie, it led up to a scene. Sure. Uh, you know, a set piece. They were on the carrier and launched from the carrier and went on a mission and... Or training. I think they're just banking on people's nostalgia from they the totally first are. one. And, you know, there is some of that. Because you do see that scene and you're like, yeah, cool. Yeah, but that's cool. Yeah. But it has to lead to something. Sure. It's just there for the purpose of, hey, remember Top Gun from 30 years ago? That's right. We got that scene here now. That's right. Now let's go to Tom Same Cruise song in the and hangar working on a World War II fighter. A P-51 Mustang. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, you know, the script was dull. There's no originality. There was no like moments yeah. that stood out that you remember, like, you know, uh, the upside down inverted middle finger yeah. in the Polaroid. That's a moment. You remember that. Yeah. There's none of that in this. Sure. And it, it you know it you know how they, like you play a video game and they start you with like the learning portion. The tutorials. The tutorial. Yeah. It felt like that. It felt like the movie version of that. <laughs> Well, maybe that's them trying to kind of um, also bring in people that maybe didn't see the original. You know, they're they're trying to connect that younger audience that maybe didn't see uh, the first okay, Top Gun. Okay, sure. Okay. If you've not seen the first Top Gun, yeah. this movie's probably okay for you. Yeah. You'll probably like it. Yeah. I guess I'm, I, I'm by now you've probably figured out I'm biased. <laughs> Um, so it can go one of two ways. It can go like, this could do no wrong because Maverick and yeah. fighter jets. Or it can go, it didn't live up to the first. And I'm on the latter category. There was a couple like plot holes for me too. Like, I mean, why are you, if you, if, if you know the enemy has fifth gen fighter planes why are you sending people up in f-18s and like a like a less f-16s like a lesser class of aircraft like wouldn't you match force with force i I mean that was just weird to me like is this the only plane that can do what they did no because the they have the f-35 yeah uh fighter jets it's it's the u.s's fifth generation version okay maybe that is a whole like couldn't get usage of the plane type of thing you know no federal funding for that not even federal funding you know because a lot of this stuff has to get okayed by authorization the Navy and the, yeah and the department of defense sure because the f-35 is like their latest greatest fighter jet they might not want to be like i don't know letting, if, letting producer mike over here have access to it if on this the set. if this dangerous mission to wipe out a uranium supply is that important to the government they're gonna send the best of the best of the things you know and that's why your observation is spot on because even if you don't get clearance to use the jets the f-35 you can cg that motherfucker on top of an f-16 you can do that yeah you can make that f-16 look like an f-35 with the magic of the computers and the bieber bops sure so why they didn't go that route again 
to echo what you're saying, uh, is a little confusing. And also part of the plot, we we know in today's world that un, unmanned drones are the future. And they kind of touched upon that. Like, you're, you know, you're a dinosaur. It's like, I don't think they would be sending manned air missions to do the task that they had at hand. Like, it just doesn't make any sense, you know? It, it's like, oh, this is a, a death trap and people probably aren't going to come back alive. Okay, well, then you're just going to send some drones in there that yeah. are going to go, that are smaller and undetectable and can handle that terrain. Like, and you're not going to send a manned yeah. mission. And you don't have to worry about those G-forces knocking yeah. anybody out in the cockpit. Yeah, like, the whole thing just didn't make any sense to me in I that think, regard. I think they were in a position where somebody in Paramount is like, well, we're making a new Top Gun movie. Right. What do you got? How are we going to do this? You can't have a Top Gun movie with yeah. drones. True. You can't have Maverick in a in a in a container control room in yeah. Tacoma, Arizona. <laughs> you know. Yeah, trying to piloting a yeah, yeah. I guess. I think there's a way to do it. I don't know if this was. It just felt very. And and again, that whole mission. Another one of my. I got a whole like page of list. notes on this. <laughs> Like, there's no bad guy. There's no yeah. enemy. They just mentioned this generic rogue nation. Yes, this and place. It's like, well, who the fuck are they? You I know, don't they, know. There's no, I have no skin in the game here. If I don't know the antagonist, that, that leaves a void for me. They kind of didn't want to be political in it. Obviously, you know, they, yeah. they couldn't use China because it's, they want that China market. Yeah, it's very um, generic. I think, I don't know why they didn't go with Russia because. I, I don't know. You know, Russia's been kind of antagonistic for for at least 100 years. Maybe this is going to be a worldwide release and they don't want to do that, you know? I get not making China the bad guy, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't understand why you wouldn't make Russia the bad guy. I don't know. Because Russia, the Russian market, I don't think for the movie industry is that big. I think they just wanted to remain as unlabeled as possible with well, that you aspect. Can't. I mean, look at the first one. They had the they had the Soviet stars on the fins of the planes. Mm. You know, it was definitely Soviet Russia. Mm. Why not? You you need to know who the bad guy is, not just some rogue nation. I don't know. You know, give it a name like the rogue nation headed by you know. Dmitry Oshkevev or whatever, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Yeah, that was an issue for me. Yeah. Um, you know, don't get me started on that Lady Gaga theme. Yeah. That that's, song that played at the end. Yeah, sorry, Lady. I love your music, but that one was not good. Oh, It's just so, ew. you know what that sounds like? That sounds like uh, a, a send-up type of song that the guys at South Park would do to make fun of a <laughs> of a romantic movie ballad. Yeah. You know, that'd be their satire version. It sounds like something that she maybe did not write, that someone wrote specifically for this movie and this scene, and or, you know, and yeah, she sings it. And she executes it, but it just doesn't have any kind of. It just sounds, it just doesn't have any substance for me. It's, it's just yeah. so unoriginal. Yeah, it's just kind of a cheesy love ballad. It's just so cheesy, mm -hmm. unoriginal. There's nothing dynamic about it. It's like do better, Lady Gaga. Well, like she's supposed to be the queen of like cool, different pop songs, and she shits out this like hold my hand garbage. Ugh. Again, that might have been like the record label. Like you're gonna do this one. 
Maybe. Sorry. Here's here's you know, a couple million dollars. Too bad. This is part of your contract. It. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they probably found a way to make her do that and not let her make it her own. You know, uh, a, a minor quibble. I didn't quite understand it is that end scene where he goes. The, the mission's over. They've won. Yeah. He goes to the bar to find Penny. Yeah. She's not there. Dude says, well, she's sailing with her daughter. Yeah. Then it cuts to him working on a plane in the hangar. Yeah. And then she shows up like, why we have... Why did we have the scene of him going to the bar? I don't know what the point of that was other than like, maybe because it shows his disappointment that she wasn't there, you know? I that, guess the, yeah, the I only thing know. I can think is it, it shows he's seeking her out. Yeah. He wants her. Side note, I didn't realize that she was, her thing is tied to the first movie. She was like the Admiral's daughter that he got in trouble with. They mentioned it briefly in the first oh, movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Apparently she's that Admiral's daughter. I wondered daughter. like, who, who is she? I didn't yeah. tie that at all, but, uh, yeah, as we were watching, I was just writing it off as like, well, this is just some thing that they had yeah. off screen in the past 30 years after the last, but anyway, I, yeah, I just think that scene was like kind of a waste, wasteful moment. Like if you want to show him pining for her, then, you know, maybe he pulls out a picture of her, you know, as he's working in the hangar. I don't know. And just kind of like puts it away. Like, well, that's not going to happen. And then she shows up. I just felt like I thought the writing on this was shitty. Yeah. Um, execution wise, it was done very well. Yeah. You know, like the, the action scenes are good. I should get into the good stuff. Well, hang on. I got more bad. I got more bad. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> There's plenty here to go yeah, with. Yeah. I want to say too, like, I was kind of surprised, like John Hamm's performance was not good. And no. I don't know if that's because of the writing or what, but it was like, just so just ham, just no pun intended, no pun intended but just so yeah. cheesy and like. He's the admiral and, you know, I don't know. It just, it was, it was just not good for, for I him, think, I feel like. I think there's a little bit of miscasting going on there. Yeah. Like John Hamm in the Navy um, khakis mm -hmm. looks good. He looks yeah. like he could be a naval officer. I Absolutely. don't think he is the right actor for the ball busting uh commanding officer who ain't sure. gonna take no shit off this maverick sure i feel like ed harris and he did play yeah you know uh an officer earlier in the movie but i feel like that would have been better yeah they should have switched those yeah, roles exactly i agree with you on that yeah and also there's a scene where he's like admiral i forget his character cyclone, cyclone is his call sign yeah but he's standing there running the operations on this mission. And, and yeah. you know, I don't want to get too much into the weeds on, you yeah. know, protocol and hierarchy, but an admiral's not going to be doing that. Sure. An admiral's going to be in a, in his office 20 miles away going, how's it going? You know, well, how did it go? Another sticking plot point for me is, and, and this, this is some spoilers here, but, um, when, um, Maverick and Rooster, they're kind of in enemy territory mm -hmm. and they find that plane. The the four, F-14 Tomcat. Yeah. yeah. And he's like firing it up and they disconnect. Like someone, someone is like fueling this plane and getting it ready to go. And then they get inside and like the whole instrument panel for, for the wingman is, or for, for the real. For the, yeah. Is gone. Like yeah. everything, like this plane is gutted, but yet someone's fueling it up. Well, and you know, like I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I th it seems like they had trans transformed that Tomcat into a single person plane. Yeah. Like they, they're not, they don't, they're okay. not using a Rio officer or I think what they called it nowadays is a warfare officer. Okay. The guy who sits behind the pilot. Yeah. 
uh, it, they've converted it. And also it's like, oh, they just happen to come across an F-14 Tomcat, the main <laughs> jet from the first movie. Yeah, uh, with fuel and it, it's ready to go. Yeah. Like, we've already got all the member berries. Yeah. This movie. Why not have like, you know, one of the futuristic, you know, fifth generation fighters. Yeah. And ha like see what that pilot can do in an updated, cool really awesome play right? i think like, that'd be cool cow. to see maverick yeah. look at all this what, this yeah. thing's fast as shit you yeah. know you know yeah and also you know not to get into too much into like warfare and sure. all that stuff but you know when maverick was he was downed mm -hmm. and then that helicopter comes yeah. by and starts shooting at him yeah i don't think that's how that would go no they would capture him right they would come down <laughs> yeah guns drawn and be like you're coming with us yeah and interrogate him not just shoot him dead yeah yeah yeah. I think too um the speaking of member berries um the other thing in this movie is that nobody died. Like oh, nobody. Yeah. Like they were going into combat and I was like oh Bob's going to die. We were we were listing <laughs> off who's going to yeah, die. Like Bob's going to die, Phoenix is going to die, like so, something bad's going to happen. Boy. But nobody died. Nobody like, died. Yeah. It, I I thought for sure at least Rooster would be like at death's door something I, mean, that's yeah. a, I think that's a missed dramatic moment sure you have goose's son rooster yeah about to die especially if it's, it's because of something maverick did yeah um i think that would land more weight sure emotionally and dramatically why they didn't do that i don't know I don't it know. just seems so it seems so vanilla and ordinary mm -hmm. and it had it it was nothing compared to the first movie right and as far as good things, I thought the last 20, 30 minutes were cool. I like the action there. Sure. Even though they were going up against a faceless enemy. Yeah. Of no known origin. I thought the Iceman stuff was nice. I know you're limited with what you can do with Val Kilmer because he's yeah. health-wise not good. With yeah. His, I think he had tongue cancer or throat cancer. I think throat cancer. I thought that I was kind of... I think he had of, part of his tongue removed, I think. Yeah. Maybe. It's the case. He, um, I thought those moments were nice. Yeah. Um, and I like the part where Rooster said, talk to me, dad. Yeah. That was a very small moment, but I thought, oh, that's, that's nice. That's cool. Yep. Um, but other than that, Top Gun Maverick for me was just a big stinky turd. Yeah. You know, there's nothing about this movie that I'll remember. Just the theme song. I've been singing that for days. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, the Top Gun anthem. Just the Top Gun. Yeah. I thought you were talking about this shit. No. No. <laughs> No, no, I forgot that one right away. <laughs> like, no, yeah. no, the other cool one. So we both agree, Top Gun Maverick, no good. Yeah, you know, I I just wanted better for that. I want, I expected yeah. better because when going into it, yeah, it had made like five, seven hundred million dollars. Yeah, it was, people uh, it were was, raving about it. Its and, Rotten Tomato numbers were great. Yeah, yeah, and people were raving about yeah, it. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, everyone. Just, We're in the minority here. I tell you, it's just a big, it's like some, uh, some wings you get as an airman pinging down your shirt covered in dump. Oh. Yeah, that's well, the visual go. I gave you. Moving on to a TV show. Fleischman is in trouble as a uh, FX on Hulu show. Jesse Eisenberg, Claire Danes. Lizzie uh, Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan, who doesn't get enough credit. She's great. Adam Brody. Adam Brody. Yeah, it's good to see him. He's coming back for some things yeah. after the OC. Yep. Um, basically, this is a TV version of a novel of the same name. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're a married person, especially if you have kids, you this is required viewing. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of relatable themes in this. If you're kind of middle-aged like we are, married mm-hmm. with children and you know, it kind of it's a study on relationships and perspective and yeah. just kind of going through finding yourself and being comfortable with yourself and kind of understanding who people are. Yeah, and 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 being empathetic in yeah. a way because you I think it's required viewing for most people, I think, because mm-hmm. it's what I took away from this is you never know what somebody's got going on. Absolutely. You never know what somebody's dealing with. Absolutely. Like, the majority of this show, it's eight episodes, yeah. deals with uh, Toby Fleischman, the, the the male protagonist, and navigating through divorce, kids, his wife, by all means, is just a... a, a a horrible person mm-hmm. who is just so ambitious and focused solely on herself and her career. Yep. You know, and it paints her as kind of the bad guy. Yeah. And then by episode seven, I think we finally figure out what's going on with Rachel, the wife. Yeah. And, and you get kind of her side of the story and, and what she's dealing with yeah. and had to go through. And you're, you're like, Oh yeah, she's not the bad guy. Right. This is a two person dance. Yeah. And, you know, they're both kind of at fault for yeah. this or that. Absolutely. It just, you know, and then the 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 three main characters, the friends, too, like, you know, the one person is going through some stuff, but they don't realize, like, they're each kind of going through some stuff. Like, yeah. it's just kind of about each person bringing their own perspective to the table and, yeah. like, and making room for all of that, not just kind of focusing on your own stuff, you know? Yeah. And, you know... Lizzie Kaplan plays Libby, one of Toby's really good friends from college. They're both, her and Adam Brody are very supportive and give him some, you know, get him through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Libby just stumbles upon Rachel, who has been missing for weeks. Yeah. Is an is, is a absentee mother. Mm-hmm. Nobody can get a hold of her. No, you know, he's getting mad. Toby's getting mad. You mm-hmm. know, fine. They're my kids. You can't see them anymore. This is over. Mm-hmm. You know, and she stumbles upon Rachel and lends an empathetic ear. Yeah. And, and here's her side of the story. Here's her side of the story. And yeah. Rachel had gone through. She had a nervous breakdown. She had a, a an incident at the hospital giving birth to their first kid mm-hmm. with a doctor who, you know, there's maybe some malpractice there. Mm-hmm. And she gets the story and she brings it to Toby. And Toby's reaction is not what you'd expect. And so I told him what happened. I told him about Rachel, where she was, where she'd been. I'd left her that evening, with her sleeping, and a doctor's appointment scheduled for the next morning. Hmm. So that's it? That's it. Yeah. I have work in a few hours, Lib. Sorry, did you hear what I just said? Mm-hmm. I saw Rachel and she was in the park and then... No, I heard you. Yeah, but we all knew she was around. I mean, she was napping in the park. She was fucking her best friend's husband. She was bound to turn up. It's a small town. No, Toby, she had a nervous breakdown. I know. It sounds stressful. Okay, all right. I gotta get the kids to camp in the morning. I also have a new boss and a patient that's going off life support. Sorry, what what is happening right now? She had a nervous breakdown. That's where she's been. She didn't abandon her kids. Yeah, of course she did. Where is she? I mean, she's not here. I don't see her. You? Yeah, he eventually comes around to be a little bit more empathetic. 
Yeah, but, but that scene, I was like, oh, man. Like, no, he can't see past himself and his stress and his problems. Yeah. And it's all about him, you know. And and, and yeah. kind of rightfully so. He's right. been carrying the load of the kids. That's and, his perspective, though, yeah. you know, of things. And, and eventually he finds a way to see Rachel's perspective. Yeah. And gets better about it. But, yeah, in the moment, you're like, oh. Yeah. That's not the reaction we were expecting. Because by all accounts, he seemed like a, a decent person who was kind. Yeah. But it, at that point, he had just reached his limit with Rachel. Mm -hmm. Like, just, you know, mm -hmm. over it. Yeah. But I think it's a, it's a really good study in dealing with um, relationships and people. You know, mm -hmm. the takeaway I got from this is there's two sides to every story. Absolutely. You never know who's the bad guy and the good guy. I mean... I think Lizzie's narrative, or Libby's narrative, played by Lizzie, yeah. Libby's narrative even kind of says so much. Like, you know, one thing, she she used to be kind of a reporter and magazine writer. And, you know, one thing that she learned is that there are two sides to every story. Yeah. There's there's never really a villain and, and yeah, a hero. Even, yeah. She even says like, yeah. oh, I, I totally forgot my whole training yeah. on this. Yeah. Because uh, she was definitely pro-Toby the whole time. Absolutely. Uh, another thing on this is, you know, I think that it dresses really well is that f low to mid-40s, middle-age vibe of, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this it? Is this all there is? Right. You know, get up, make pancakes for the kids. Uh, yeah. And, you know. Take them to the summer camp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of that there to ruminate on, I thought, which was good. Absolutely. Interesting. I think, I think it's good to show that struggle. I don't think we see that enough. Like there's jokes about it, like, oh, ha, ha, ha he had a midlife crisis. He got a younger wife and a sports car, you know, but yeah. I think everybody kind of goes through that. Like, yeah, I'm halfway through my life. What am I doing with it? You yeah. know? I wonder how many people connect with Libby's character. Yeah. Because she was like all in on this magazine and yeah. writing and she's going to, you know, be the next. Yeah. Um, Hunter. I can't think of his name, but like Gonzo journalism, you yeah. know, and she's going to be this noted uh, character uh, writer for writing books. And yeah. she's a stay at home mom. Yep. With two kids. Yeah. Living suburban life in New Jersey. Yeah. Married to a lawyer. Vaping yeah. on a hammock while her lawyer <laughs> husband's at work. Yep. So it's, I wonder how many people can relate to that. Yeah. I know I, know I can. You probably yeah. can too, to bit. a certain extent. Yeah. yeah. I gave up a career to be a stay at home mom, and you're like, oh, but what did I do? <laughs> and it's I mean, don't get me wrong. Children are wonderful, and that life is wonderful. You get to be. A part of your kids' lives. Yeah. Immersed in your kids' lives. But I think the bigger take is it's when you're younger, 20s, 30s, you have this future in your mind. Yeah. Of what's going to happen, where you're going to be. You ex you expect kids, yeah. the house, but you expect that career that you've been, you know, working so hard on all yep. this time and training for. And it doesn't always go that way. Absolutely. And the choices you make, too, you know, you give up parts of yourself for other things you know yeah so that yeah. happens in life you know people are forced to or they choose to and other things kind of slowly erode away and yeah so i i like fleshman is in trouble i thought it was a it kind of sneaks up on you yeah and i like the ending yeah i think it's almost like i don't want to say it's a happy ending but it's like a huh 
It might be a happy ending. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of a head scratcher. Like, wait, did this all work out as it should? You know? Yeah. Is everybody good? (laughs) We all good here? We all good here? Are you good? I am good. Are you good? I'm good. All right. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's do it. The Married With Channels podcast. Checking out some TV shows and movies. We'll have some more next week. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at MarriedWChans. Two ends. Share. Tell your friends. Absolutely. We appreciate the uh, listening uh, patronage and downloading. Until next time, I'm Moose. And I'm Jody. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.